welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast from ASI's Counselor Magazine. In this weekly series, we tackle the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends. I'm Sarah Lavendusky with Advantages Magazine, and today on our Facebook Live, I'm joined by Russell Bird, the owner of The Promo Addict in Sherwood Park, Alberta. After the pandemic and subsequent shutdowns hit the promo industry really hard this year, Russell tapped into his longtime interest in barbecuing and opened up a small retail store inside his office space. How did the store come about and how can others look for sales opportunities during this tough time? That's our topic. So Russell, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, Sarah, thanks for having me. This is super exciting. Um, yeah. being featured in one of uh, ASI's podcasts is something that I've aspired for for a long time. Nice. That's great. Well, we want to let everyone know that if you're watching and you have a question or a comment for Russell, you may be one of two lucky audience members to win a bottle of barbecue sauce or seasoning from Russell's very own line that he launched this year. So make sure to comment or ask a question of Russell. Now, Russell, let's start from the beginning. What did the early days of the pandemic look like for your company and what kinds of sales opportunities did you tap into at first? So the early days were really crazy, right in that like March 12, 13 time. Um, we actually had sales staff attending a power meeting in Nashville. Um, we're from Northern Canada. And so being across the border, which is now closed and has been closed ever since, um, they weren't sure how they were going to get home. And uh, they were lucky enough to get flights the next day, um, you know, right after the NBA and NHL canceled their seasons. Um, but then we went into immediate lockdown because the Canadian government was recommending that anyone who was traveling to quarantine for 14 days. And so with two of our staff out of the country, and we were only staff of five at the time, um, we decided to immediately lock down the whole business. And so we were kind of ahead of the curve in that sense. Um, but with that, we had a crazy amount of cancellations of orders, um, you know, with the cancellations of all the trade shows and summer events happening, um, we lost a boatload of orders and we went into like, fear mode um so we had all of our staff working from home using common skew um we did lay off a couple of staff members um, we relied heavily on some of the wage subsidies that were available from the government and we pivoted in like early may or late april to sewing masks um, so we brought back some of our staff to manufacture masks in our warehouse and print them because you just couldn't get masks at that time right. so that was the early days for us it was, uh, it was a little bit crazy, a little bit pivoty, um, but you know what, we made it through. We rehired most of the staff okay. and um, yeah, and then it made for a very productive summer. Mm -hmm. So through the summer, was it mostly the masks that you were um, uh, supplying to clients, like your regular clients? Or did you start to see some traditional promo come back? When was that about, would you say? We, so throughout the summer, like, yeah, we did have, we had a couple customers that kept us going. like. There were some industries that were up during this time and they were industries that don't order like coffee mugs and pens. They were ordering a lot of like uniforms and like industrial PPE. Um, so like fire retardant coveralls um, are something that we sell. We sell a lot of garbage uniforms. Um, you know, the waste industry was up during this time. Um, so those were, those were good industries for us. But what ended up happening is we became very top heavy. A lot of our biggest customers we're starting to make up, you know, they usually would be like five to 7% of our overall sales. They were making up like 50% of our sales mm -hmm. and that was scary. Mm -hmm. um, but then what happened was we ended up finding a niche um, in that because I'm a professional barbecuer, um, I travel around to do barbecue contests. I ended up having friends calling me saying, Hey, I'm cooking at home more. I want to get a barbecue. What do you recommend? 
And so I phoned one of my barbecue distributors that has provided me barbecues for my contests. And I said, hey, can I just get, you know, five or 10 barbecues to have in my warehouse to sell to friends? And within a week, they were gone. So then oh, I got wow. 10 more. And then within a week, they were gone. And all of a sudden, I was like, maybe I'm opening a barbecue store. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we did. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that, because, you know, I, I've known for a long time that you're in, in, in barbecue and, and your your com competitions you were involved in when you before, obviously before COVID. But how did that all come about? Like, how did you kind of get into barbecuing? I know your your uh, father-in-law is involved in this, too. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So about seven years ago, I got invited to take part in a cooking contest just because I had a ton of followers on Twitter. And I ended up winning the contest. So I got invited the back the next year to, to defend my title, which was, <laughs> it was super fun. Well, we won again. And so then we got approached by an organization called the Canadian Food Championships. And they invited me to pr participate against professional chefs, which to me was intimidating and scary. But there was a $10,000 prize and wow. a chance to go to the World Food Championships. So I said, okay, sure, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Well, I ended up taking home third place at the Canadian Food Championships and getting inv invited to the World Food Championships in Florida, where I took home 13th place. And it was there that I fell in love with barbecue wow. because at the World Food Championships is the World Barbecue Championships. Mm -hmm. And so I had a chance to walk around and spectate at the World Barbecue Championships. And so I, I met some world famous barbecuers when I was down there, like Diva Q, mm -hmm. um, you know, House of Q, like these guys are major players in the barbecue world. And I, th I said to myself, I think I could do this. So the next year I started my barbecue team and started traveling around doing barbecue contests. Wow. So yeah. how does, so how does a, a barbecue competition work? Like, or, cause I've seen some of the photos I've seen you're outside, you're in like a, a tent or something similar to that. Like, what does it kind of look like? Like, what is the experience like? Yeah, so when we first started doing competitive barbecue, we definitely slept in tents. Um, <laughs> since then, because we've had some winnings, like we got second place in the world championships for pork ribs. Um, mm -hmm. Because of that, those successes, we've been able to invest a little bit more money in our in our situation. So now we have two trailers. Um, when I going into the pandemic, I had nine barbecues instead of you know the two that I had my first year. Oh. Um, you know, we take the pro barbecue to a, to a whole other level when we roll in hot at competitions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we're, we're a little more comfortable now than we were back then. But the way the contests work, um, we compete under two different banners. We have the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association and the Kansas City Barbecue Association. Mm -hmm. um, so we've competed in both of those over the last couple of years, mostly Kansas City style. So okay. the way it works is you cook brisket, pork, chicken and ribs. Mm -hmm. um, and then the judges judge you on those four meats and you get a score out of 720 and whoever gets the highest score wins. Wow. So are you now you and your father-in-law, are you a team? Do you travel together and cook together? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So we're called you need a barbecue. Um, my father-in-law, my wife's husband, my wife's dad, he's, uh, his name is Ron Yanita. Oh, okay. It means rice field. Oh. And, uh, when we, when I got married to my wife, my last name's bird and her last name was Yanita. So people always joked, Oh, you can't, hyphenate the name because then it would be you need a bird <laughs> and so when we were coming up with our barbecue team name um you know we ran everything punny in the barbecue world like you know rub your butts and all these other funny names <laughs> we're all taken there's there wasn't very uh, many original names left because there's been thousands of barbecue teams over the years and so somebody jokingly said well what if you were you need a barbecue 
and it just stuck. Mm-hmm. And so that became mm-hmm. our barbecue team name. And then when we launched our business, you need a barbecue is perfect for people that come to buy barbecues. Mm-hmm. And so we stuck with it. We already had all the branding made up from our team. We already have logos, uniforms, all of it from wow. competing. So have you been like now, I'm, I'm assuming that the competitions aren't really happening right now. So are you kind of practicing your game at home and your family's benefiting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> with our store, um, we cook here every weekend. We want to, we oh, hire wow. a couple of staff to run the store and mm-hmm. we want to teach them our cooking style so that they can speak eloquently to customers when they come in. Yeah. And so we're teaching them how we cook so that when customers come in, they can, they can say, oh yeah, well, this is what I did to make pork belly. This is how I make a brisket is how I make chicken. And so cooking here on the weekends, you know, last weekend I did two pork bellies on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Well, I sent half of one home with one staff member, half home with another one. Well, I still had 12 pounds of pork belly to take home to my family. Wow. Are you seeing like any supply because of, because of the, because of COVID, are you seeing any like supply chain issues with the meats? I'm just curious. Not with the meats. No, I mean, I'm pretty in tune to some, pretty good supply chains. Mm -hmm. Like I've been sponsored by a Wagyu beef farm Mm -hmm. um, for a number of years called Brant Lake Wagyu. Mm -hmm. And so they've, they've haven't had a problem supplying me with anything that I need. Um, The the supply chain issue has been barbecues. Mm -hmm. They've been on back order from a number of our suppliers um, throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's been a real, real problem for us. Yeah. Um, Vin Driscoll, our Vin Driscoll says, and what I was going to ask you next, what are some of the promo items you have for you need a barbecue and which ones are best sellers you have? So what do you have in your store? Like you have self promo, I know for your team. Um, but then also the kinds of things that you sell in the store. In addition yeah, that, to the, uh, that's a fantastic question. Um, a lot of retailers miss the opportunity to sell promotional items because it promotes themselves right Mm -hmm. and so we did in fact make a couple we did a um victorinox cutting board Mm -hmm. so from their epicurean line you know it's like a 50 dollar cutting board um but they actually have one called the barbecue board and it's oversized it's got the little drip tray around the outside you know we're buying them for promo wholesale cost of like 25 bucks and we're reselling them for you know 60 bucks mm-hmm. and so really good opportunity there to make even a little bit more money above what regular retail margins would be and promote our brand mm-hmm. and then we've also done some barbecue injectors barbecue thermometers um and then like veggie shaking trays for on a barbecue um and then more importantly our sauce right so we do private labeled sauces um, we've been doing them for a number of years. We have uh, a craft barbecue line of sauces that are unit of barbecue. So these are the ones that we're giving away to the people who ask questions. So mm-hmm. Vin, I think you're the front runner right now. Um, but everyone else get your questions in because we're going to be giving away, um, some of our chicken and rib sauce. We have our, uh, smoked hickory sauce. Um, and so these have been going over really, really well for us. We, we're trying to attack different models to distribute the sauces. So obviously we can private label it for our customers. We are looking at the possibility um, with one of the national food vendors in the promo industry to have them buy it from us by the pallet um, and then distribute it as either part of their gift baskets or as a private labeled sauce to the industry. Um, Cause I mean, our sauces have won the world championships second place. Um, and so what an opportunity to put, you know, it's not sweet baby rays, right? Mm-hmm. This is a craft high-end barbecue sauce. Um, what a great chance to put that in the hands of your customers and give them something that's premium. Mm-hmm. Did you develop that this year? 
after you opened your store or has that kind of been in the works for a while? We've been developing the sauce for years and we've had it, but we've never, we've never had mm -hmm. it labeled and available for sale. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of been our secret. Mm -hmm. um, but now we have the opportunity to profit off of it. So, you know, any profit you can get during the pandemic is a huge bonus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And our uh, Michelle Merrifield from SI Canada, she's wondering, have you taken any of your classes virtual, your education in barbecuing? It's great as a team builder or a corporate event, perhaps during this all virtual time. We have been teaching in-person classes. So we taught um, like six classes last summer. We called it our Introduction to Advanced Barbecue Techniques mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. We taught 12 people at a time um, and all of our classes sold out. We haven't figured out how to do it virtually, and I don't know if I'm going to, because I, I feel like the real magic of a cooking class is eating. So I would rather teach an individual how to cook with social distancing than trying to cram 100 people into a Zoom class on how to trim a brisket. I, I'll give that away for free on my TikTok or my YouTube. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think people should need to pay for that. Mm, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So... You know, I and you told me that uh, you had received the, which is amazing, you'd received the billions, the Business Resiliency Award from the Sherwood Park Chamber of Commerce this year, and in large part because of this pivot that you've made. So, what has this experience taught you about, you know, resiliency, um, finding or creating business opportunities in tough times? And for companies like yours that have had to do this, how do you think it's going to change maybe the promo industry because the people in it have had to, you know, act quickly? make these decisions, try new things, get out of their normal box. What do you, what will it look like for you? And what does it look like for the industry moving forward? So we, we're, my business is actually going to be featured in one of the ASI magazines next month for businesses that um, started manufacturing in-house through the pandemic. Um, I think that smaller orders, faster turnaround orders are going to be one of the keys to success for most distributors. Um, you know, we, we haven't gone crazy. We didn't go out and buy, you know, $40,000 UV printer or direct garment printers, but we started relying much more heavily on our heat press, our hat press, um, the printing systems that we have in house. Um, a good example of that is we sold out of our barbecue thermometers recently and we contacted the supplier to get a reorder of them who will remain nameless because we love their thermometers, but we weren't entirely happy with their service because they couldn't get the thermometers out in a timely manner because of Christmas rush, it's self promo. So, you know, it's a discounted price, so they won't move mountains for you. And that's fine. Everyone's in business to make money, but I needed them. And so what we did was we said, ship blank product and we'll just print them ourselves. That afternoon, I got a call from the sales manager being like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, we'll find a way, we will move mountains for you. We don't want to make you mad. And I said, yeah, we're fine. Like, we just have the ability to print it and you are saying you don't, so we'll just make it happen. Right. And so I think that's going to be the way of the world moving forwards is people who can make things happen, people who can print on demand, mm -hmm. they're going to be the ones that make money moving forwards. Mm -hmm. And so that, hopefully that's us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we have, um, that's well said, we have another couple questions for you. Jennifer James asks, do you have a gift kit of sauces and other items possibly available? How have you been doing gifting, kidding? Yeah. So we do, we have different kits that we've re released for Christmas. Um, we used a, an, an industry vendor called Box Up to make custom boxes. And then what we do is we sell the boxes for $6 and then you can fill it with whatever sauces and seasonings that you want from our store. But then we have the curated gift boxes. So we have a brisket kit, a pork rib kit, a pork kit, a chicken kit. Um, 
And so you just pick one of the kits, all the kits are $74.99. And then you can just have that as a nice boxed gift for Christmas. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And Vin, of course, uh, as I expect, he is wondering, he says, I can ask a million questions about barbecue, but here's one relevant for social media. How important has it been to the success of both of your businesses, Promo Addict and You Need a Barbecue? So our social game for the Promo Addict has always been pretty strong. Um, we've, we've taken advantage of hashtags. So we are Promo Y-E-G on every social media, um, including TikTok. Um, and so we use hashtag promo YEG and we promote it really heavily. Um, so it's promo and then the airport code for Edmonton, which is where we are. I find that if someone from the Edmonton area asks, where should I buy logo t-shirts from on Twitter, we will get at minimum five responses saying us. Wow. And a lot of them are from people that have never even used us. They just know us because mm -hmm. we tweet every day. We're there, we're present, we're relevant. So they recommend us. Mm. And so this, the recommendations we get off social for the promo for the promo game has been really strong, um, but it's actually even stronger for you need a barbecue. Um, we have almost 8,000 followers on Instagram because I've been posting regularly pictures of delicious barbecued meat mm -hmm. for years. Um, and because of that, when we launched you need a barbecue as a business, we saw immediate returns from our social. Um, so much so that it was taking up too much of my time and we hired a local social media marketing company to manage it for me. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to do more ideation and less management of the feed. And so through that, um, it's freed up my time and it's allowed us to develop a marketing plan that allows us to promote things like the gift boxes or like we have Christmas knife sets that we're promoting right now. Um, so yeah, it drives it drives a lot of traffic. 40% of our web traffic comes directly from Facebook. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And for those who doubt if social media is worth your time, I mean, if you use it right and you really commit to it, it sounds like it really pays dividends. Sound like you're saying. And and Vinny follows up. He says, I always wonder what the YEG in the name. Now I know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Edmonton. I don't think that's as popular in the States with the uh, the airport codes for your, your local city, but up here it's really popular. Yeah. Like you, like ours is PHL for, for Philly. I mean, you might know it, but it's not like, yeah, it's not like in common parlance, you know, using the airport codes. That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Russell. Really appreciate your time today. And um, just congratulations on a, a really successful pivot for you. I know barbecue is like really important to you and it's been a big part of your life. So the fact that you're able to capitalize on is just really, um, really a promising story for a lot of people. And I think it'll give people encouragement to do the same for themselves. So I really appreciate your time. And for more industry coverage of the pandemic, please head to asicentral.com dot com slash news. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Russell. Thank you.